So, amen. Well, good morning to you. Welcome, welcome. And we have been in a series uh, called Words of Life. And uh, you can go ahead and you can turn to Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36. We'll get there in just a second. But uh, before we do, just want to talk about where we've been so far in this series. Uh, you know, your words that you speak are very, very important. And today we're talking about the importance of those words, but what you say, I'm literally what comes out of your mouth, God takes an account of. He watches, he listens, and then he takes an account of that. And things in your life either go up or down based off of those words. And I'll say it like this too. Things in your family either go up or go down because of the words that you say. And it's very important that we uh, take a look at those words, that we start examining those. And why is this? Why are words important? Well, the first week we talked about that you were made in the image of God, the image and likeness of God. And are words important to God? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't say anything, don't need saying. <laughs> That's just it. He doesn't say anything if it doesn't need to be said. But if it needs to be said, it carries a power with it. And he, you go through Genesis chapter 1, and God said, and it was. And God said, and it was. And God said, and it was. And listen, this is the plan that God has for you too. That you line your words up with God, and when you say, and it was. And you say, and it was. And you say, and it was. See, he wanted that plan to be in place from the beginning. But when the curse came in, all of a sudden, you know, the devil recognized the importance of God's word, the importance of his character. And all of a sudden, he started attacking us and having us. And now today, 6,000 years after the garden, you know, we're so used to saying so much junk that we, we feel weird if we actually shut up long enough to just say God's words. It feels uncomfortable because we're so used to throwing out uh, idle words, you know, just words that don't matter. So we talked about, look, you're made in the image of God, and we're made in his likeness, and we're to do and act the way he does. You remember Jesus, it said that Jesus never did anything but what he saw the Father do. And he never said anything but what? What he heard the Father say. Well, let me just ask you this. Y'all better than Jesus? Nah. Are we better than Jesus? Get that out of my pocket. I about pulled it out. <laughs> Thank you. Are we better than Jesus? No. So if Jesus needed to only say what the Father said, my goodness, I surely don't need to say anything else, anything, anything beyond that. I need, to, I need to just say whatever the Father says too. If this is the way that Jesus lived and he recognized the importance of it and it brought him life, then our words, when they line up with the Father, they will bring life to us as well. Amen? Amen. So then we talked about that words you believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth. There's a connection to those two. We talked about last week, choose life. And God says, look, I set before you life and death. And then, you know, he's like, in case you can't figure it out, 
Choose life. He literally says, choose life. You know, he's helping us. It's good. We need help sometimes. And he said then in Proverbs that death and life, that choice is made in the power of the tongue, in the power of your words, in the power of your words. And then we said, look, choose his words. We looked to the blessings in Deuteronomy 28, and we saw all the good stuff he said about you through Jesus Christ, the things that were done. And now we can say, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. I'm the lender and not the borrower. I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the field, blessed in the city, blessed in the country. I'm blessed everywhere I go. This is what God said about you. When we will start saying those things about us and the people around, we make a choice and we empower that choice through our words. And then we say, and it is. We say, and it is, because we're lining up what we say with what he said. So in Matthew 12, 36, I don't know about you, but I've read this verse multiple times. Jesus said this, and... Uh, this, this verse, it's one of those verses that like every now and then it'll just come back around and to me and uh, feel like it's like, hey, you remember this? Kind of, I want to say haunts me, but it, that's not really probably the right word. It's more like it convicts me, you know. It, it convicts me. Is, he says this, but I tell you that every careless word that people speak they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. And I'm like, ooh, well, all righty then. <laughs> because, you know, just think about the careless words that you speak. And then when I explain what that word careless means, you're going to probably, it'll convict you even more. Because that word careless, in the King James, that word says idle. Every idle word that you speak. Well, let me explain what that means. Idle word means this. Every inactive word. In other words, it's not producing anything. I, you could say it's neutral. Anything that's neutral or negative, these are idle words. They are not producing anything in the kingdom of God. They're not connected to ministry. They're not raising somebody. What is, what is God about? In John 10, 10, it says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. This is what God's about, period. If you want to sum it up, he wants life in abundance to get to you. He wants life in abundance to reach us. You know, he wants it to be a part of our lives. In other words, the kingdom is about bringing fullness of life in the people. So when we speak idle words, that means an inactive word, then it's a word that's not bringing life. Now, I didn't say it was bringing death directly. It can be neutral and not be bringing life. Our words can be neutral and not be bringing life. And that makes it idle. And in the end, those neutral words even, they'll lead to death because they're not bringing life. Either you're going forward or you are going backwards. So an idle word or a careless word is an inactive word. In other words, it's kind of like, uh, like your hours in the day or maybe it's like money in your pocket. 
The hours that you spend or the money that's in your pocket, it's going to do what you set it to. So in other words, if I take my hours in the day and I go and I advance the kingdom, then it's going to, my hours are worth kingdom advancement. If I spend money for the kingdom of God, it's worth kingdom advancement. But if I take my hours and I waste them, then it's not producing anything. It's inactive. If I take my dollars and I don't put them into the kingdom, they're being wasted. All of a sudden, everything, well, words are just like that. Everything that we do, it has an effect or it doesn't have an effect. And words fall into that category too. Either they're wasted or they're producing. It's one or the other. Either they're hot or they're cold and lukewarm, one or the other. God wants your words hot for abundance of life to come out. Another, it all, a careless and idle word also means unemployed. In other words, I speak a word, but it's not employed to do anything. It's unemployed. It's not producing. It's not producing life in the kingdom. Well, now, uh, uh, idle word means lazy, useless, a useless word. L let me speak on lazy words. A lot of times, you know, we just throw words out there because we're lazy about growing in our social skills. So we just throw some words around just to, like, feel the time. Like when it gets quiet <laughs> and it gets uncomfortable. And we're lazy to discipline our flesh to be okay in that comfortable, to find the joy of the Lord even in that awkward silence. We're lazy in disciplining our words, and so we'll, well, well how are you doing? And we'll try to make up something. We're lazy in our words. All of a sudden, those words, they're not advancing the kingdom. They're idle. They're inactive, unemployed, lazy, they're useless, they're barren. Think about this. In the kingdom of God, a word is something that carries a seed with it or not. And either that word is going to produce fruit and bring life, or it's going to be barren. So every word that's not producing life and life in abundance is a barren, idle careless word so can you see now how when i say that this verse convicts me it's like but i tell you that every careless out of word that people speak they shall give accounting for it in the day of judgment i'm thinking ooh, brian you need to shut up <laughs> or at least you need to say only what god says that takes a discipline for us to see in order to say what God says we kind of got to know what God thinks in order for us to operate in life and and produce fruit then we've got to give ourselves how can you speak the words that God says if you don't really know God how can you speak the words that God says if you don't learn about him 
If you're not like over in Acts, a good Berean that says, hey, man, he, he preached on something. Let me go home and let me find out for myself what God's like. Let me find out for myself what God says and who he is. In other words, you know, a lot of times people, they're, they're just going through life and they're like, well, I got a relationship with God and, and I don't need to go to church or, or I don't need to talk to people or I don't need all that. You see, and what's happening is they're not growing in their knowledge of God and so they're not disciplining themselves after those things. And then they're, they're all of a sudden, what are they speaking? Are they speaking the words of God? No, because they don't know about them. They haven't seen him operating through Miss Dixie. They haven't seen God operating in the joy that Reagan has. They haven't seen God operating in different people. They haven't been around. They haven't seen him in the word. They haven't given themselves to listen and focus on a message and let faith be imparted to them. They, they haven't seen him. And so then they go through life and they're speaking words that carry nothing of God on them. And those words are idle, careless, useless. I summed it up by just saying they're unproductive words. You know, it can sound really good and, and it can bring some worldly, not godly, but worldly comfort to people sometimes when we just say stuff. But that doesn't mean that God wants it said. That doesn't mean he wants to bring them real comfort, a comfort based in truth and power that will produce life, a godly life inside of them. That means our words will line up. Well, we've got to know God. Uh, in the message, it says this, back up to verse 34. It says, you have minds like a snake pit. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's talking about somebody else. Look at your neighbor say, he's talking about somebody else. <laughs> you have minds like a snake pit. How do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you are so foul-minded? So what are we talking about? We're saying that our words are worth something. We're talking about words here. And what he's doing is he's drawing a direct correlation between what we think and what we know. And he's saying, look, when our minds are so foul-minded, he says this, listen to it again. How do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you are so foul-minded? It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. I like that. That's good. And this changes stuff for us. It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. And before we go any further, I want you to think, are you as a believer called to be an ambassador or called to just be... Uh, a number. You're called to be an ambassador. So an ambassador recognizes his ability and responsibility to bring worth to the kingdom that they represent. So what we're seeing in the word this morning right off the bat is as an ambassador, we have a responsibility to work on our words. We have that responsibility. We need, we need to say, hey, I need to discipline my mouth. And if, if you're thinking amen about the person next to you, don't say it out loud. <laughs> Verse 35, a good person produces good deeds and words season after season. In other words, they don't just start out and do it for a while. This continues. 
This is something that carries on. Their words are worth something for long periods of time, and it does not stop. An evil person is a blight on an orchard. In other words, what he's directly relating here is when we don't know how to control our mouth and we don't know how to say what God says, that means the fruit that would come out of that orchard, it's got a hurting on it. And it's you or me or whoever doesn't know how to control our words. And we want to say, I don't want to be that person. Say that. Say, I don't want to be that person. Amen. Nobody shook their head like that. (laughs) All right. Verse 36. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. This is the purpose. Uh, It was just this week. I saw a quote from, uh, I think, Gabe, you sent it to me, Once something Bill Winston said. He's the first one. He said, words were less for communication. They were more for creation. Words were first designed more for creation than they were communication. We've flip-flopped that. It's a good statement. Because when you start to understand the kingdom of God and who you are in it, You'll say, I am here to create some things for God, to bring about fullness of life. And your words create or destroy. And if you're just communicating with them only, then you're probably not creating. And you're not probably bringing the fullness of life that God has for you. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. A lot of people are destroyed by the words that come out of their mouth. James one twenty six. This work, this uh, you know, I I read through the Bible and I know I've read this several times, and then one day I was reading it and I went, certainly I never read that before in my life. This is one of those scriptures that just stuck out to me, and I went, oh my goodness, it slammed me. In a good way, because it helped me to see something. It helped me to see what God's priority he puts on words. Verse 126 says, If anyone thinks himself to be religious, how many people think we ought to be carry, not, not religion in a bad sense, but the religion of God? You think you ought to carry some religion of God in you and you ought to be a holy person given to him, separated? This is what this is talking about. If anyone thinks that they should be that way, that they are that, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man or I'm a woman of God. I'm a man or woman of God. All right, he's talking to you. If anyone thinks, and me, if anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but he deceives his own heart, This man's religion is worthless. It's all his godliness, all his thinking he knows something, but he doesn't know how to bridle his tongue. That person's religion, that his holiness, his badge of, hey, I'm a Christian, it's worthless. Part of this is what the world's been seeing on the church because they're not living what they're talking about, you know. And they're just, they're frustrated. You know, the world really is looking for answers, but they just, by the church, they've been given the wrong answer and not living the answer for so long. The world has gotten frustrated and said, where's the answer we were looking for? You're definitely not it. We actually are it, but because we have not 
our religion's been worthless. This is one of the areas. All of a sudden, we've given them kind of a truthful statement that we haven't been living it. We need to be the kind of people. We need to be the kind of people that says, I got a responsibility as an ambassador to bring the life of God into a place. And I can do it. And it starts with my words. I'm an ambassador. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. The Lord uses me and works through me for every good work. Just like his word says, I flee from temptation and I run into the arms of God. I run into holiness empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when I walk into a room, I bring life and I bring light and I bring answers. See, these are the kind of things we need to be telling ourselves. Well, that sounds like, you know, it sounds like some of the stuff you pay to go watch a guy tell you about and he'd be on TV, a motivational speaker. Well, where do you think they got it? It works. You know why those guys get paid money? Because that stuff works. You know why it works? Because it was in here first. That's why it works. Just, anything they do that works is because God gave it. They didn't get that, you know, you just think they sat there at home and the devil gave it to them. No, they, it works because it was a promise from God in the first place. Those words are powerful, powerful. I love uh, Wednesday, we're talking about the two parts of life and we're talking about the gift of righteousness and we're talking Wednesday about saying, I am righteous, I am righteous. And Laurie went home. She said, I'm going to put that on my mirror. I'm going to put, I am right. I said, you need to wake up in the morning and say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm righteous. I'm a righteous dude. You know, that's what we were talking about. And she sent me the picture and said, it said, look, I am righteous. I'm like, yeah, that's good stuff. Why? Because she's producing life with her words. She got it. Turn on over to James chapter 3. It's very interesting here because it says, Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. Well, all right then. There's a whole bunch of people that want to be known for something. They want to be pastors. They want to be teachers. They want to be everything. You don't want to do that unless God calls you. I'm just... You do not want to do that unless God calls you because it's only then that you're going to be anointed to do it and otherwise you'll end up hurting yourself and hurting other people. Don't try to step into something he ain't called you to be because your flesh just wants to be pumped up. This is what this is saying. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. In other words, it's important what you say in front of people. This is what we're getting to. The words that you say in front of people, they're important. Why? Because they carry life. Verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, I would say don't get hung up there on the perfect man, uh, meaning that this is a mature man. This is a mature person. And we need, now I want you to notice here that it says, 
if he does not stumble. So it's available. Some people get hung up in this passage. I'm going to help explain a couple of things here. But we need to see how does this thing with our tongue work? How does our words work? What's the connection here? And what can they do? So in verse 3 it says, Now if we put the bits in the horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct the entire body as well. In other words, there's a bit in a horse's mouth. Uh, they're not very big, but a horse is a large creature. And yet, this little bit, which it'll talk about, this little bit controls that horse. He's saying the tongue is the same way. And then it says this. It says, look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds... And still they are directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body and yet it boasts of great things. Let's just continue reading. We'll come back to that. It says, See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. Dang. <laughs> For every species of beasts and birds and reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. Now, right there, no one can tame the tongue. Some people get hung up. I'm going to explain that. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, my brothers, these things ought not to be this way. These things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren produce olives or a vine produce figs nor can salt water produce fresh verse 13 who among you is wise and understanding let him show his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom so if we go back up here what we're seeing is that you have a ship and a horse, and these are, these are these large things. And then you have this great forest fire that starts with just one flame. Just one flame. And what he's showing us, the parallel side of this, is that your tongue, it's a small, it's a small organ in your body. It's such a small thing, but it directs your whole life. It directs your whole life. And we need to recognize the importance of that, and we need to get that thing under control. You know, it wouldn't be bad for us to be talking to somebody and feel like we want to come back, you know, maybe even defend ourselves and be like, mm, mm, and just stop. Because a lot of times, our defense of ourselves is coming out of pride, it's coming out of fear, it's coming out of everything. There's no life in it. God's your defender. And a lot of times what we need to do is just, mm, mm. or maybe that person, you know, that, 
that person, I love this example, but maybe that person that cut you off in traffic and you're like, you, and we need to, we need to lock that thing up. And, and I, you know, I heard somebody at one point, I think it was Keith Moore, I, he said, he said, you know, one of the things that we need to recognize is if God, thank goodness, he causes everything that we do to be empowered by love. Because if he didn't, when that person did cut us off and we went, I wish you'd just drive in the ditch, they'd go, and we'd go, <laughs> get out of there, right? You know, thank goodness everything's empowered by love, right? And you just think back on that, on your life, and think about all the times you might have ran somebody into a ditch with your mouth. Thank goodness he made love the power switch. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Right? But see, here's what we've got to do. You notice we talked about that it's whatever we believe in our heart and we speak with our mouth. Right? It's whatever we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. It's the things that come out of our mouth. See, if you think about a ship, you've got you know, the captain standing up on a, on a ship like when this is written. This ship, the ship of your life, the Lord gave me this, was the ship of your life, its direction is determined by the things that you say. It's determined. It sets the course for your life. Your mouth, your words, they set the course for your life. And, and so a lot of times we're doing this. It's like we're going down and we're like on Sunday morning, oh, Jesus, I love you, and we're setting the course. And, and you are the greatest. You are pouring out your blessings on me, and we're setting the course. And then we walk out the door, and, and about, you know, I was going to say 12.05, but here's like 12.35 and, uh, at, at Boomerang. And... Uh, <laughs> so anyway you walk out five minutes after church that that better <laughs> that better and and all of a sudden we're like oh lord you bless us you love us it's awesome we set that we walk out and we're like oh my gosh it's hot i can't believe it it's so bad it, i'm i'm dying oh so i'm talking about me so all of a sudden i'm dying i can't take this Think about this. What, what does it mean when you say, I can't take something or I can't stand something? If I say, I can't take something, that means I'm going to go so far and then I'm going to break. Yep. Or I can't stand something. That means I'm going to go so far and then I'm going to fall in the process. That's what that means. So we'll go, oh, Lord, you're blessing us so much. Oh, my goodness, I can't take this can't take her mouth anymore i can't take his mouth can't take blah, 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 blah. I, I just can't stand it and then when you fall or you crash because of that you can't take it and you break you go oh god why didn't you help me he's like i did i gave you this whole thing that said your words are important and i even told you what to say and what to choose but you keep saying, I can't take it, and then wondering why you break. I can't stand them. Well, no wonder you flesh out on them when they talk to you. <laughs> no, no wonder. He's like, 
you know, oh, they get under my skin. No wonder. Keep talking like that, and we'll just see it more. That's what I'm. Mm, that's what I was thinking. Mm. That's the way it works. Well, I go one step forward and two steps back, and then get mad at God when we do it. Mm, that's what I'm thinking. Some more. See this. This is. So see, can you see our life is directed by our words? And our words, it says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the heart is the core of who you are. You see, it says that when we speak it with our mouth and we believe in our heart, then those things will be. That's, that's the pattern for, for faith. And so a lot of times what's happening is we're, we've got to connect what's in our mouth and in our heart. Let me just give you this. There's a lot of people that learn about the power of words and confession. But, you know, on a big ship, when you got the pilot up there steering the ship, you know, and you got that pilot up there steering the ship, the rudder don't just turn because he turns a wheel on top. There's a connection cord between the steering wheel and the rudder down there. That connection cord is your heart. So your heart is made up of the core of who you are. It's what you know. It's how you think. It's what you know about God. It's what you don't know about God. And so your ship is being steered by your words. But at some point, we can't just keep talking it. I'm blessed by the Lord. I'm blessed by the Lord. I'm blessed by the Lord. How are you doing? I'm blessed. Well, that don't make no difference if your heart ain't saying the same thing. Doesn't make any difference. I've watched people do that for years, and I'm like, then your life ought to be showing it by now. Quit telling me and do some change your heart. We, we <laughs> In other words, we need our words and our heart to line up. Well, having our heart line up means that we get back to this, and we find out who God is. Because that's what's going to change our heart. And let me tell you about him. Oh, he's good. And he wants you blessed. He wants you out of condemnation. He wants you out of pressure. He wants you in joy. He wants you in hope. This is the longings of his heart. You literally are the apple of his eye. That's who you are. And he says, you're blessed. You know, we say, I'm blessed. He says, you are. That's right. You are blessed. You know? I think if we could see the Lord sometime, he'd be like the biggest praise band. You know, we'd say, I'm blessed. He'd be like, yeah, oh, I felt that. Amen. Praise God. Woo. He, he'd, he'd be moving by the Holy Ghost more. And you say, and I'm healed too. He'd be like, oh, Lord. Right? But see, we don't, we don't see him like that because we don't know him. We haven't spent time getting to know just how much he loves you. He loves you. Oh, man, he loves you. He loves you. And he loves us enough to tell us that you can set your world afire by the words that you speak. See, the one thing about even if my heart's not connected, if I continue to say that I'm blessed, and this is the good part of it, 
is if I continue to say that I'm blessed, eventually I go down the road and I'll start to believe that. And it'll start to become a part of me. So you don't, you know, you see somebody who is always saying, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, but their life doesn't show that they're blessed. You don't get on to that person. You, and, and you just say, all right, all right, I need to make sure that I connect my mouth and my heart, make sure that there's a connection between the steering wheel and the rudder. I need to make sure that the love of God is there to empower and blow. The wind of God, the love of God is there to blow. And so that means that we just line up our lives with God. We're not just lining up just the tongue. We're lining up the heart. We're lining up who we are, what he thinks about us, what we think about him. We're lining up our thoughts. We're lining all that up. And when we get that perfect situation, man, you have a hard time controlling your life. It'll be pushing so hard into the blessings of God. You'll have a hard time controlling it. You'll just be like, golly, can I hold any more blessings? And he'll say, no, give them away. I'll give you some more. That's the way it's supposed to work. Can I hold any more? I don't have room. He said, call your friends. Bring their boats over. Fill them up till they're almost sinking. Let them call their friends. This is the kind of life God has for us. One of the ways it starts is right here with our mouth, right here. God wants to overflow the blessings in our lives so much. Why? Because it preaches. That verse she read a while ago, I think it was 2 Corinthians 9, is that right? 9, 8. It talks about that he wants to give you all things so that you may abound and give out of that abundance. You want, he wants abundance to be in you so that it will start overflowing, overflowing overflowing amen right now just stand up father we just praise you we worship you thank you for your goodness thank you lord thank you for your goodness yeah lord just grace and mercy abound in jesus name blessings flow in jesus name thank you lord Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for taking... Lord, you're taking care of things. Even while she sleeps, situations are being handled. Problems are dissolving. Solutions are rising up in the name of Jesus. We declare it. We speak it, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for provision coming in so many different ways. Life of God be... In Jesus' name, life be now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Glory of God. Thank you, Lord, for breaking the yokes that would hold Jesse back. Thank you, Lord. Things that used to hold her back, they won't hold her back anymore in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, not just for her, but every person that will say, say I'm not being held back anymore. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It's a new day, and it's a different day. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, life overflow now. Life be. Peace of God. Rule in his heart in every way. Thank you for your anointing and change that's happening. You are bringing about change. Change that almost couldn't even be predicted. You are bringing about your anointing and change in Jeremy's life. Thank you, Father, for that goodness and that grace that's being poured out. Thank you, Father. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you. Yeah, provision B. Just say this. Just say, my God, my Father, He loves me. And He loves to pour out blessing and grace on me. And through me, He likes to pour out His grace on other people. Through me, all the nations, all the people groups, Shall be, shall be blessed. I'm saying what he says about me. I'm an ambassador, and I'm blessed by God in every area of my life, in Jesus' name. I just ask everybody just to pray this. Make this prayer your own. If you don't know Jesus, and this is the first time that you're ever praying this, that's fine, and I want you to tell me about it. If you just, today's the day, I've got to reconnect with him. I'm, I'm connecting, you know, that ship's wheel to the rudder of my life. I'm connecting to the captain. Lord, I'm giving you the ability to pilot my ship of life. If that's you today and you're reconnecting, I need to connect to Jesus, then afterwards tell me. But everybody, just pray this. Just pray, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. You're the director of my life. You make the calls. You make the decisions. And I receive peace right now. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that God brought you back to life for me. And when he raised you up, he raised me up. Father, I just ask right now that Jesus would fill me with your Holy Spirit to live a life of abundance in your grace. In Jesus' name, I receive it all. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today and have a great, great day. Have a good one. Bye-bye.